So I was at yoga this one day, which is a terrible way to start a story if you want to get someone's attention. I think sometimes the less you talk about yoga, the better. Um, so yeah. So I was at yoga one day. Um, I was at yoga and at my worst as a human being I compare myself to others and that's in anything that I do you know at my best I'm in my own world and touch with and in touch with that I don't know just when I I'm in touch with myself and in touch with what works for me as a person so at my worst I'm comparing myself to others. And sometimes in yoga, on this particular day, there'll be dudes who come in and, and uh, their physical form, not so much their yoga practice and the way they do poses, but their physical form makes me feel, you know, there'll be points where I'm like, fuck, my, um, I'm starting to like build more strength and my shoulders are opening up and uh, my body's starting to feel good. And I'll see some of these dudes like, um, that I guess go to the gym a lot or maybe they're just they're more blessed than I am to have a nice physical form and I start to be really hard on myself and I also I start to tell myself stories this is on a bad day so this particular yoga day I'll tell myself stories about like how these guys like are assholes or they're not nice and they're competing with me and just all this bullshit that's not even true because when you're in a bad mood, you tell yourself stories and you make movies in your mind about other people. And it's so unhealthy. And so anyways, I'm doing this yoga class and there's mirrors on, uh, it's a small room, it can fit like uh, 40 some odd people and usually classes are quite full. So let's say there's like 40 something people, 44 people let's say. And there's a mirror in front of everyone. Everyone's facing the mirror. There's a mirror on the left-hand side, a mirror on the right-hand side. And there's also this like mirror attached to the door and a mirror attached to the side of the door. It's like a little blocky part. So sometimes you can like look into these side mirrors and you can't, it's like a very disorienting feeling like when an, you go into a nightclub or a pub or a bar and they, they put extra mirrors in to try and make it look like it's busier than it is. That's not the the point of why the yoga studio does it. The, the mirrors are there so you can look at your practice and concentrate more. And on a good day of yoga, I'll be just either, I'll usually like I'll stare at my belly button or the, on the floor or I don't like to look into my own eyes. It's, it's kind of weird, but on a focus day, it feels like it's just me there, like a good skating day, you know? If you block out everything, that's going on all the external stimulation you can focus more but this was not what was happening this day this was like the story mind the monkey mind the the telling myself stories about these people i was just really frustrated and angry and was feeling competitive and the more competitive you get the worse you get at whatever you're doing you should be doing it because uh it comes from place of wanting to do it and oh god that sounds cheesy uh it comes from a place of it comes from a pure place of you needing to do it because it's something that benefits you and gets you in touch with clarity and peace of mind and god there's a whole bunch of benefits so anyways i can't remember what pose i was doing it was like a it was like a bridge where you point your feet out, so you look like a like a um, like an upside down music note or whatever. It's like a reverse plank. Like if your arms were behind you and you're pushing yourself up instead of down. Anyways, so I was looking in this like side mirror and I was disoriented, um, and I saw this. I caught a glimpse of this dude who like who just looked like kinda, like he just looked like he was doing the pose way better than I was, like way better than I ever could do. And his form looked good and, and I was like really jealous of this dude doing this pose, telling myself this story. And then 
I realized that that asshole in the mirror was me. Sorry if that was cheesy. I had to tell that story. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry! Play that song in your car on a nice day, it'll make you feel better. So I haven't done a solo podcast in a while. I haven't done, oh no, I did a podcast with Todd, and believe me when I say there are many uh, treats coming up, but you won't even, you probably won't be listening to this until you know what treats are available. Um, I've, I went through an incredible um, slump health-wise um, not not my body so much as it was like this weird little spot on below my ear like you know when you're driving at a high elevation and uh, your ears need to pop it was that but below my ear it felt like they needed to pop for I don't know like a week and the sound was all muffled in my left side, and there was a there was ringing constantly as well. It was driving me fucking insane. It, it was controlling my personality and my perception of everything, um, my dealings with people. I just wanted to be as far away from people as I could possibly be. Um, and then bizarrely enough, what what it was was there was this kind of emotional block that I had to get over. And as soon as I dealt with it, it was like a few hours later, there was, uh, it was in the, in the middle of doing physical activity and there was this like ping, this high pitched ping sound to like a dull ring that really slowly evened out into nothing. And then it was fine. It was driving me crazy. I went to the doc, I went to the walk-in clinic and my doctor and, and, they both said you'll be fine and then I started uh, doing what most people would do I started like looking it up and thinking it was like a brain tumor or cancer or something and it was just like consuming my whole <laughs> mind and then uh, what it was actually was yeah it was uh, it was like stress and an emotional thing that had I guess manifested itself in some kind of a physical ailment that went away and then uh, after that shit it's been amazing feeling healthier not having ringing and plugging in your ears let me tell you ears for me uh, listening to music and editing and uh, being like quiet if you're just constantly hearing a ringing and the sounds not proper on the left side ha. Oh, take my hearing for granted but now I'm happy that it's back it's like ever so slightly dull 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 ringing here and there but that's because I'm drinking caffeine <laughs> uh, not 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 super intense caffeine just uh, uh, a Tim Hortons a Tim Hortons uh, steep tea which um, will bring me smoothly into today um, I got up and I went to Tim Hortons to get a steep tea because I'm off the coffee again ever so slightly. Why did I go to Tim Hortons? Yes, I actually sat down there 
and wrote out some wrote out the the structure of this podcast what i wanted to talk about and just wrote in general and uh like why didn't i go to a a starbucks because you know I'll, i'll either write if i get up early enough i'll write here on this desk at home or i'll go to a starbucks but it's fucking saturday and if there's anything that i i don't enjoy is a full Starbucks. I love I love the fact that people are meeting each other for coffee and and all that. That's great. The social part of going for coffee is awesome. But um, when it's there's just too much going on. There's too many people talking about stuff that might are too many people standing by the table waiting for their drinks. Like I <laughs> I'm at my most pathetic when I'm like waiting for something or like there's something really funny about me thinking of myself like uh like getting out of the car and walking towards the starbucks to get a drink like there's something pathetic about that when i think of myself doing it and there's something more pathetic about like me waiting for my drink and not like instead of being in the moment i'm thinking about how i want my drink it's such a stupid distraction i guess it's a necessary distraction but Anyways, so sometimes when I'll write at Starbucks, there'll be like all these people waiting for their drinks and standing around the table and people in my peripheral, like, like girls doing relationship talk and like, uh, like older men doing business talk or I don't know, it's too much. So I went to Tim Hortons, which uh, actually used to be a Burger King that Todd Mason used to frequent. Uh, for Whopper Wednesday, I think it was. They would always go walk there for Whopper Wednesday. Um, and there's something about Tim Hortons. There's something evocative about Tim Hortons because so many road trips and uh, what do I... It's, it's road trips for skating. It's road trips with friends. It's... Uh, before going to the skate park it was like before editing sessions for certain videos go to tim hortons before like if i'm really need to fucking get in the zone for editing i'll go to tim hortons and get a massive copy only once in a while or for this podcast i have and uh and there's something that i love about the smell of a tim hortons and like the mediocre like setup inside of the the I can't call it a restaurant. I really can't. It's funny. I, I always think of it. I can't remember who said it first. Um, cafeteria, cafeteria. It's like a cafeteria. And uh, so today there was just something really enjoyable. Hold on one second. Yeah. So today there was something comforting. And enjoyable and interesting about going to write at a Tim Hortons, and I have to say I quite enjoyed it. Um, I got a, uh, an incredibly below-average apple fritter. Tim Hortons donuts have gone in the shitter since they've—it's uh, like frozen donuts. I don't eat donuts too much, but I anymore. But I love them, and um, <clears throat> there's a place, Donut King, in town that has much better donuts. And if this is a place where you can get great donuts, at least in Canada, Safeway, um, like an apple fritter from Safeway is a million times better. Like a million times better than an apple fritter from Tim Hortons. Cause the, it's like just, it feels more like you're eating dough, which you are, but Tim Hortons feel more doughy and, and Safeway feels more kind of baked good. Um, so I got all the stuff down. I want to, I want to talk about, um, something that I watched on my phone. Oh, that noisy vehicles around this place. Ah, I'll let them have their moment. There we go. Uh, One thing that I watched when I, I sat down, I watched something on my phone. I try and, um, keep it consistent. If I sit down and start writing, I I try not to do anything else, but if I get stuck, I might go to my phone and watch something or switch the song or listen to a podcast for a little bit just to spark different ideas. And uh, it was on Lonnie Gallegos' 
blog, I hope I said his name right, um, called Blader Stuff that he just started. I highly recommend checking out this blog that he just started. Blog's such a retarded word. I feel st really stupid when I say it. Yeah, so I, I, was, uh, I, was, I posted it to my blog. You can check it out there. I wish it was called something different. Um, but Lonnie's blog is called Blader Stuff. I'm pretty sure you could just look up Blader Stuff and, and it would come up. And uh, it's got lots of cool, like uh, some of the links aren't stuff that I would watch, but some of the historical stuff that he posts up there is really interesting. And whether you watch the stuff or not, I, th I think that everyone should start a blog even though I don't like the word. The fact that, that Lonnie started this blog um, sparks ideas in me, and if everyone, like, I wish Josh Petty had a blog, I wish Dustin Latimer had a blog, and um, a blog is a really great place. Instead of thinking of a blog as something where you're, you're posting stuff for other people, um, Richie said a great thing where he was like, this is kind of how I think of it. It's a place to put stuff. So if you watch something you really like, or for me, like if I watch a movie, I can catalog movies that I really like or link um, videos that I found to be really interesting. Or I just did one where I um, listed all my favorite music videos. And I, I had written that before in journals, but this was a way that I could write a little blip about them and there's the links to them. and and. For me, it's kind of like selfishly a reference point that I can always go back to that one post and look at all my favorite music videos and, you know, write stuff from there or whatever. So I love, I love a few, some of the posts that, that Lonnie had. And it was actually through um, Robert Guerrero's Twitter that he linked to this post holy shit this is long-winded um and it was josh petty's second run from the ultimate inline challenge from probably 1996 or 1997 he had razors when razors weren't cool uh his he was he was bigger and stronger than most people that were watching his style was better um I don't, like, there was maybe some people who wore pads underneath their pants. It looked like he wasn't wearing pads or anything. He had, like, dickies or something like that and, like, a black shirt. Anyways, this run is so badass for the time that it came out. And I remember seeing it on TV. And if you saw a Josh Petty run on television around this time, like I did, my mind was blown. He stuck out like a sore thumb. His style was so different and strong. Like even the way that he kind grinds the ledge in this thing is like, it was balls out, but still controlled. I have no idea how to explain Josh Petty's style. There was, there was a rawness to it like Shima, but let me have some water. But there was something that I had never seen. So anyways, you should check out Blader stuff and watch this uh, Josh Petty run. Uh, the thing that Lonnie was talking about was that Josh did a double grab and that was like a game changer and it's so true. Um, some He was the first person I remember doing double grabs. I think it was in my daily routine and he did a Liu Kang to mute. Um, to the open your eyes, see the sights you never saw. And uh, I haven't seen many people do double grabs as good as him. There's Bruno Lowe does a double, Bruno Lowe, John Bling, both had some really nice double grabs in older videos. Billy Vo, um, Todd will remember this one. Billy Vo did, um, I think it was like a mute grab to fly fish 360 um, at one of the old cat comps on a fly box. Fucking so mind blowing. Billy Vo is um, unfortunately 
someone who would have been a big name in skating had he not gone down the kind of more predictable path of uh, I'm speculating here but drugs or anyways Todd, Todd has a really good story about how he bought Billy Bo's skates for 50 bucks with the negative plates he's got to tell that on another show I'll wait I'll wait until uh, metal negative plates I'll wait for Todd to tell that story so anyways check out Lonnie's blog check out the Josh Petty run it's very interesting. I hope if anyone can find uh, there was an ASA run where Josh Petty had fifth elements and basketball shorts. And I think I got a pair of basketball shorts after I saw this run. And he did the very first fast plant to alley-oop fish brain that I ever seen. And if anyone knows Josh Petty's fast plants to alley-oop fish brains, they look like an air. Like he'll, he'll almost air over the object and quickly like bam like ninja kick down and his his uh his left foot will be kind of like out he does his alley fish kind of like a fast kind grind with a foot lifted up that's kind of like how i i don't do alley fish brains that often but if i do do them that's how i learned was watching how josh petty did alley fish brains um and he also did a fast plant to 540 over a hip amazing amazing um more recently, well, uh, oh, no, I guess I can't. Can I say? I don't know. There was something that Chris Haffey said recently um, where there's value in in people who who kind of like, they're not in skating as much, but if they did put out stuff, um, if we got to see footage of them skating or they put together little sections or videos, people like Josh Petty... Um, obviously Louis Zamora lately um, has everything that he puts out gets me super motivated to skate and how uh, Chris said someone like John Julio is specifically good at what John Julio does that kind of relates it back to when I'm at my best I'm not comparing myself to anyone I'm doing exactly what I want to do what works for me that's like that's what it's all about. So my point is, long-winded again, my point is Josh Petty needs to put out some stuff. Uh, there was a picture that I saw where he had some S SSM, Mark Marino skates that looked really sweet. So I hope to see some stuff of Josh Petty soon. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be back in a second here. Cool Keith, one of my favorites. Sorry, I'm chewing. If you ever get a chance, actually, if you're at your computer right now, look up um, the the Cool Keith seltzer water video. I'll probably post it up. Sorry, I'm chewing. Mm -mm. I'll finish it as quickly as possible. I think about the complaints of that I got of the eating on the other podcast. I, I won't do it again, I'm sorry. I'll stop with the eating, I'll stop with the eating. I'll quickly eat this. I'm almost done. Um, so I went skating. Oh, fuck, come on, finish this. Uh, I went skating for the first time in a while the other day. It's been snowing a lot here in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada, the earth. And uh, finally, there was uh, some meltage happening 
just enough so downtown and the North Shore of Kamloops, um, the kind of like bike path area was open. And uh, I, I had had these power blade frames and the power blade wheels that I hadn't really had a chance to try out. So I skated from downtown Kamloops with, I had them on my, it was uh, cuffless rims with uh, the old school rim soles. Cause I, the one piece I just can't, I can't do it. And a side note here, I got uh, from e-rolling, I ordered, um, I think, whatever they had left of their stock, because it was really cheap, of the old style rim stuff. So I have enough to last me for probably the next few years, and then I hope, I hope by that time, there's a, there's a new skate that... Uh, I'll always try different skates, but I'll always go back to rims, and I, I just hope that um, there's a new style rim skate that comes out by that time. Or there's different sole options or something like that. Anyway, I was a bit skeptical about using the cuffless rims with the power blade set up to skate a long distance, but I figured I would give it a try. And um, I learned some valuable things from doing this. I skated probably, I don't know, 10k, 8k, something like that. When it's usually what I like to do if I do like cross training skating with speed skates in the spring and summer. That's usually the distance that I'll go like 8k probably kilometers. And it takes about, you know, uh, half an hour something like that. On a good day, I'll lace that shit in like 20 minutes. Um, so the, at first, you know, I strap them on and, and one thing that's really important to say about skating when you haven't skated in a while, and not only that, but skating a long distance when you haven't skated in a while, there's so much to, to technique, which sounds ridiculous. But for me personally, when I skate a lot, and I think I've talked about this before, it's not about doing tricks for me. When I'm on skates a lot, when I'm actually striding and rolling and uh, thinking about how the, you know, the double push, which I'll talk about in a sec, and inside and outside edges and weight distribution in my feet, all that stuff. If you haven't skated in a while, you just have to kind of get a feel for it again, which is what this skating session was all about. And I know you're listening to a rollerblading podcast, and I'm not going to be talking about how I did tricks or anything, but I've talked about this before. It's a rollerblading podcast. I went rollerblading. I rollerbladed for a really long period of time. I don't even think I did a heel or toe roll. I don't even think I went backwards. No, I didn't. Um, so the side note from the side note is that you have to have incredibly low expectations of yourself. Actually, no expectations of yourself when you go out skating and you haven't skated in a while, especially if it's winter, like if it's cold outside and there's, you can still see snow around. You have to have no expectations of yourself. You have to have no expectations of your skates, although equipment is incredibly important, which I'll get to. So I strap my my skates on, and um, one thing I notice about the power blading frames is that they're fast and they're solid. Um, it was it was weird um, having rims on, but being able to stride and you know and glide for a while but at the same time uh, I, I'm so used to like speed skates which um, before I used uh, a K2 radical skates um, with I think 100 mil wheel, wheels or 110 and then I had some bonds I still do but they fell apart quicker than I thought they would so I would have to tape them up I had some bar bond carbon fiber boots with I think 110 millimeter wheels with a center point mount instead of a two point mount 
so there's three point mount on it and they're really solid and they go super fast and we're talking about like the glide on these things the energy transfer is second to none like the i remember when i went from the k2s to the bonds it was completely different the k2s are amazing for like they're so comfortable like if you want a comfortable fast speed skate it's it's amazing it's like a recreational speed skate whereas the bond is like a serious racing boot and the skates feel completely different um both have benefits um so i'm back on k2s i have a new pair of radical pros that i'm going to try but what i'm saying is that the if you're using um this is just my personal experience from this skate if you're using your power blade frames as um like if you're going long distances, like long flat distances, um, and using them for like cross training, they're not they're not beneficial. An aggressive boot, aggressive boot, isn't designed for like proper skating style. You know what I mean? And um, like something just didn't. They were fun. They were fun. Like if you wanted to go, uh, like for skating around a, a town or something like that, or they'd be fun in like downtown Vancouver, maybe, um, for, for like ripping around. But, um, there was just something about them that didn't work as like a specific, like a cross training skate doesn't work so so get to the point joey get to the point joey um sorry there was another interruption there um <laughs> I, I was like accidentally shot a death glare to my girlfriend because i didn't know she was home i thought i would be finished the the podcast in a certain amount of time and so <laughs> My parents totally remember this face. Like if I'm, if I was drawing alone in my room when I was younger, and they, they knocked on the door and then opened it, like instead of knocking on the door and being like, Joey, and then I'd be like, come in. I'd give like that little moment to collect myself, for when that's like the knock and the open at the same time. <laughs> I shoot this like, I keep my body language like my shoulders and body and everything's forward and I turn my head and I have this glare <laughs> it's like why are you coming in right now <laughs> anyways so that was the this distraction get to the point Joey though get to the point um so what I'm saying is that power blading frames um have a very specific use and that is like kind of like emulating a rec skating setup on a frame that you can do like some grinding stuff in and uh, and adapt it to your boot that you're comfortable on so um, I was used to the feel of my boots and uh, god it's hard to explain this is my point <laughs> my point is that there for me and I think a lot of people could relate to this, but this is because I, I like to do different kinds of skating. Um, there's three very specific styles of skates that I enjoy. And so in, in bracket number one, style number one for me, I don't know if I've talked about this, I probably have, it's okay. There's beauty in repetition, isn't there? Style number one for me are my cuffless rims with the old style soles with um, probably Volo frames or Celtic frames with 60 millimeter wheels and sometimes banana rockered. So uh, 60s in the middle and 57s on the outside. So you get that maneuverability. Maybe physics. I might, every once in a while I'll go back to physics because there's some very specific um, things that I can do in those frames um, but usually 
lately at least, a 60 millimeter flat setup or rocker 60s down and 50s on the outside because you can't, you can't play with the rockering options so I just have different size wheels. That's setup number one. And what that setup is, that's freestyle skating for me. That is, um, that's set slides and grinds and airs and bizarre ideas um, where I can combine those things. So I can combine grinds with weird footwork and uh, they're good for turning and I can stair ride in them and um, I can do airs and they're maneuverable and you know what I mean? Anyways, that is my freestyle setup. Skate number two is kind of in between number one and number three. And this is kind of where the, the power blade frame, why it's designed. So my point is a little bit clearer now. Um, which, personally, I think um, a, like a free skating frame or a power blading frame, whatever the hell you want to call it, a free skate frame um, would work best on a pair of shadows, in my opinion. That's one, that's, there's a few different styles of skates you can use for number two. And so this is like, um, commuting around town, like with hit, like slight hills. And, uh, you can do some stuff like you can stare right in them and do jumps and you can, you can do some of the stuff that you can do in, uh, your freestyle skates but you can get a little bit more speed. Um, you can turn like a little bit more on a dime. These are more like, these are more like uh, f really fast versions of your, faster versions of your freestyle skates. I don't know. So this is like, this is a skate like a Seba or um, something with power blade frames. I would highly recommend probably Jados because you can quickly whip your shoes in and out of them. I think that's super handy. Um, I st again, I don't really like shadows the way they feel for skating, but it's something that you can get used to. And it's just so sweet to like throw your skates in a backpack, have shoes on, throw them on and off, you know? So like a Seba or a free skate or another boot within with a frame. I don't really believe in the idea personally of changing frames between skates. I would much rather have a very specific freestyle quote-unquote aggressive setup and then more like a free skate <laughs> this is ridiculous all of these terms but like yeah like a seba like a just a really solid fast skate for getting around town going skating with the girlfriend um skating to the store maybe like so that's bracket number two bracket number three is bracket number three is uh, speed skates. So cro <coughs> cross training or racing skates. <coughs> and this is what I learned about when I went skating just the other day, uh, it was two days ago. If you're doing long distances with lots of flat ground and you don't have to maneuver a lot. So I'm talking about, this is where the difference between two and three is. If I'm skating around a city and a town and there's lots of curbs and people and cars and shit like that. Number two, you need a shorter frame. The wheels uh, shouldn't be that big and uh, it should it should feel comfortable like a like a an aggressive or what I say freestyle skate. You should be comfortable like jumping shit, jumping up on shit, turning and maneuvering through stuff. Um, so it's more versatile. That's the number two. But if you're doing really long, flat distances with not a lot of people, and it's just you focusing on, you're just strut, you're just skating pretty much in a straight line. There's not too many hills. You can do hills, but the, like I'm talking about, like not a lot of cars and people, like just you and skates and the open road, man, or an open bike path. That's um, speed skates. That. You shouldn't, in my opinion, be using uh, a power blading 
or a free skate setup or your aggressive skates to skate long distances like um like the seawall i tried skating the seawall in vancouver in um in an 80 millimeter setup and it's just not not nearly as fun as uh, 100 millimeter wheels on a longer frame it just works better long flat flat distances that's where you have your speed skates so I hope that makes sense um, I hope you as a human being can experiment with these different styles of skates that's one thing that I really thought about a lot on my skating time what else did I think about well I was listening to a podcast while I was skating on this 8K skate and I found that it's not nearly as enjoyable as listening to music because my body kind of went on autopilot. I was focusing too much on the podcast and I wasn't really focusing on my surroundings. Podcasts are cool to listen to when you want to go on autopilot, when you're doing kind of like mundane work. Um, I like listening to them when I'm like cleaning up, doing dishes, cooking, stuff like that. Um, it's good. When I switched to music from the podcast, the, the experience of skating became a lot more enjoyable and my surroundings became more enjoyable because it was like the music and the movement of skating merged into one enjoyable thing. <laughs> um, so something to think about. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, from doing so much yoga lately. Uh, from doing so much yoga lately, I found that. From doing so much yoga lately, I found that my skating posture was needed some work. I was more using my heels because lots of yoga poses. Um, you're less on the, you use your whole foot, but there's a lot of poses where you squat down like more in like a skating or skiing position and you engage the inside and outside of the quads. But I've been trying to engage the inside of the, the quad muscle more because um, I, I find that from skating rims for so long and just from skating in general, uh, my ankles, I think pronate is the right word, they bend outwards, so I, I tend to put a lot of stress on my knees and the, and the outside quad. Um, so my skating style was more in my heels and it was, wasn't using the edges of my skates properly. And my point about this is that um, proper skating technique, you need to become friends with your inside and your outside edges. And this is where the double push comes in. When you're really killing it on a pair of skates, whether it be hockey, even aggressive, speed skates, power blades, whatever, it's all about the translation on a stride from being on the inside of your, or sorry, the outside of your edges when your foot goes in and it's the translation of power from the outside of your edges, the push to the inside of your edges. So, uh, God, you just have to look up like a dorky video of someone speed skating to see what the double push is. I'm sure Alex Broskow knows all about the double push. All you cool kids out there that think, you know, skating technique doesn't matter. Alex Broskow played hockey. Hockey players, um, quite often, that get into skating have a different idea on how to stride with their skates. Double push. And I've heard, word on the streets, there's triple push. I haven't tried it. So when I was skating along this path, um, I started getting my double push back, and that's when like you really get into a rhythm of skating. And believe me when I say, because when I started speed skating, or sorry, using speed skates to go longer distances, my tricks and balance, oops, sorry, I dropped a pen. My tricks and my balance on my skates improved dramatically, dramatically. I would put my 
rims on at the skate park. And instead of um, instead of objects being separate from my skating experience, so me thinking about I'm rolling up to a quarter pipe, I'm doing a trick and I'm coming down a quarter pipe, my relationship to my skates and and all of the terrain became more fluid because of doing so much just general skating. And so my point is, skating as much as possible, for me, has nothing to do with doing a lot of tricks. Obviously, yeah, you can get really good at tricks, and that's what works for a lot of people. For me, I just need to be on skates a lot, and my tricks will improve because I get more comfortable just being on skates. And you'd be surprised at how a simple act like working on your stride and the way you hold your body when you skate, the position, crouching down, properly like supporting your upper body with your legs when you skate, it'll improve everything. So, sorry about that lame lesson. I just thought it would be something to share. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to help you, man. I'm just trying to help you guys. I'm just trying to make you guys think about skating differently, you know? Which reminds me, I took power skating in my serious hockey days. When shit started to get a little bit more serious. When I was younger, but I, I took it a few times. Power skating was something that you would take and there would be a hockey instructor and a figure skating instructor. And it, it taught you how to use your skates in a way that you hadn't thought before. And I'm not talking about like, we wouldn't do figure skating techniques, but it was, it was, um, I think there were some drills that we would, we would have our sticks obviously in all of our hockey equipment because that's how you would get used to the skating techniques. But there'd be some drills that we would do uh, without our sticks. And the figure skating coach, I remember, you had to make the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches where you would just like get used to uh, scraping your skate against the ice. And that was a huge influence on my skating in terms of uh, getting used to the friction of the ice and the way that the blade works with the ice. It's so bizarre. It's like Karate Kid, right? Wax on, wax off. We would do our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and do shh, 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 just standing standing in the same spot with our skates, like shh, 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 standing in the same spot, pushing our skate out, pushing our skate out. And uh, there's there was something about that thing, and you could do it in your inline skates, that gets you used to your edges. It's so weird, like, to think of how influential power skating was. Remember all about, like, the hockey players, and it would be like, we wouldn't take the figure skating coach woman as serious because you know it was figure skating, but holy shit, anyone who ever took that, their skating technique improved dramatically. And like I've said on other podcasts, particularly going from forwards to backwards and backwards to forwards, especially if you can do it over both shoulders, that's another simple thing that'll improve your skating dramatically. So laugh at skating technique all you want. It's the base. It's the base of everything. It's not the base of everything, but it's uh, it's very important. Power skating. Okay, I'm gonna keep this under an hour, but <sighs> I'm gonna try and keep this quick um, there's something I'm switching gears here there's something very important that hasn't been talked about too much that I've found through all of my experiences is very important to say and get out there but very difficult to practice and that is the difference between editing and the difference between going out and filming something there's a world of difference between the two. Um, my f not my favorite editor, but the editor that I've learned the most about editing from um, 
Walter Murch, who has Walter Murch, said it in a weird way. He has a book called uh, In the Blink of an Eye, and he has this hierarchy, this like six things of editing that has been a big influence on how I cut stuff. And I've gotten so much better because of his work and his writing that he's done um, about editing. Anyway, he's famous for when he edits a film, he doesn't want to go to the set, he doesn't want to see any of the footage, I don't think he even really, he might meet with the director or whatever, when he gets the footage, he wants to know like pretty much nothing, of, he does not want to experience the world of filming at all. He doesn't want to be there. And what he does is he'll sit in the theater when he gets all of the raw footage or whatever. He sits in the theater and he has a notebook and he'll start watching the footage. And he'll just start fucking writing down all of the first things that comes into his brain when he's watching the footage. He hasn't seen any of this before. He's, I think he uses the script as a reference, but he's just experiencing these as images and sounds and he's writing down all the stuff that comes to his mind and he does that for all of the footage so before he even sits down to edit whatever movie it is before he looks at the script I think he just he might know I think he would know the story he might know the story he has notes on every single piece of footage that comes in and he just sits there and he watches it. And that is so brilliant. Um, I think as skate video makers and people who make edits, there's, there's way too much of a bridge between the world of going out and experiencing something and capturing something and editing it. The two are so different. When you're out filming, you're out experiencing a day and going on a mini adventure and um, your senses are entirely different than they would be than if you were editing. Now this is so important, it's so difficult to try and practice this, but at my best, personally, when I'm out filming, I have no, I, there may be like a loose structure of how, like a feeling or something that I might think I want to do when I'm editing or a song in my head, maybe, and that might help a little bit, but when I'm out filming, I just, the more you can be in the moment and the camera's kind of there as a tool to help capture things that you think are interesting, um, the better, like the more you separate yourself and don't even think about the editing process or what the final product's gonna be, going out and filming and experiencing things, sorry, going out and experiencing things and, and filming pieces of them and really being in touch with your gut on what you think is interesting in the environment and interesting about the people that you're with that day and uh, what what the day feels like and what uh, what direction you want to take that feeling in I don't know if this makes sense but filming is about like like capturing the feeling of the day in a way that feels good to you in that moment if that makes sense. And if, because I'm coming from a perspective of, um, of skate video. A film is different, that you just have to make sure that whatever's in that frame is what you saw in your head if you're making a movie. And you have to allow happy accidents to happen. So that being said, the point of that was you're going out and you're experiencing something and you just happen to be filming it and you wanna, when you film it, you wanna capture it, how that day feels. You don't wanna have too much control 
you you don't want to be thinking too much about any type of an end product at all. You're just filming stuff. Intuitive, the that word is overused, but intuitively you're just filming stuff on how you feel, and how what's happening and what you're interested in that day. That's the best way I can explain. And then so when you sit down and you edit something, you should have no attachment. It's hard because you were there for some of this. You should have no attachment to the footage. What you should do is what Walter Merch does. And I'm still trying to practice this personally. And when I say, I try not to use the word should. It is great when you can. It works well for me when I sit down and I just watch the footage. And then the first things that pop up in my head when I watch the footage are entirely different than what I was feeling when I was filming it that day. And then that's where the editing starts to happen. You start editing in your head kind of when you're telling yourself, that was interesting. Oh, that's kind of cool what happened in the background of that. Uh, that, that thing's not that interesting, but that quote that happened or that sound that happened was interesting. And then you're pretty much like starting to take notes and cataloging this stuff. Through that, a structure kind of starts to come in or a certain shot or the way that someone moves or something like that or the lighting, the light or the color in something might make you think of a song and so you write the song down and there you go. I hope that made sense. There's a world of difference between filming and editing and once you learn to know the giant world of difference between the two then you can express uh, whatever you want to express clearer through the uncertainty of not knowing what the hell you're filming and then knowing what's interesting when you edit it. I'm gonna end. What are we at? 57 minutes. Oh, sorry. And on top of that, whatever you create will be a reflection of how these things have shaped your life. Whatever videos you put out, and what are these things? Your body. So, your health at the time, your injury, if you're fat, if you're skinny, is going to affect how you skate. That's one thing. Your ambition. Sometimes ambition can ruin things that you want to make. Sometimes it can, the right kind of ambition can make good things. Ideas. Ideas are personally my favorite one. It all starts with an idea and ends with an idea. Passions. It's, I fucking, oh, I'm so sick of hearing the word passion and passionate. It's so overused. Oh, oh but as lame as it is, I'm passionate about skating and making video stuff. And lots of other things too. So, just to let you know, these are things. These, these things are a reflection of what you create. So it's your body, your ambition, your ideas, your passion, your needs. You need to make stuff. You need to go skating. You know? You know? Your memories. Uh, sometimes I'll make edits. Yeah, okay, so sorry. I'll go back to needs for a sec. Sometimes when I edit or go out and film or go skating, I need to do it. Like I need to make something or sometimes I'll get an idea and I need to go home and start editing it or I need to get up early and edit something for a couple hours. I need to do it. Like that's definitely a reflection. Memories. This is such an important one. I've made videos and things like that and I don't like meaning too much. I don't care 
what it means. I don't want to make anything with, you know, like all the metaphor shit in movies, like, oh, the there is a clock in the frame because it represents the the passing of time and the coming of death. Um, sometimes it'll be years later until I realize what the meaning was of something. And, and it comes from memories of that time and how I felt at that point in my life. And, and then it comes through. It comes through somehow. Why, why, why combining sound and visuals is such an awesome, magical fucking thing that you can do. Why it's so magic is because, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, how about a moving picture with sounds and music? If a picture is worth a thousand words, what is, what is moving images with sounds and music? What is that worth? It's, you can't even explain the feeling when... I just watched the movie Drive with the ever-charismatic Ryan Gosling. And holy fuck, the, the opening shot of like of the opening sequence, you get that. And Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and I watched that too. You get that rush of feeling, like you get the shivers, that feeling of like, fuck, this movie's awesome. And it's only the first three minutes. That's what it's all about, it's that feeling. And then sometimes, yeah, it, it, the memories, the memories that come through, the, it just touches on something so primal and deep and magical. Ah! Um, another reflection of what we create is our, is our goals. Um, uh, better than baseball, for better or worse, was I was so obsessed with making a skate video and so obsessed with the history of skate videos and rollerblading and all that, that uh, for better or worse, my goal was to make a really good skate video through all of what I liked in skate videos and that was better than baseball. So goals, your goals are reflected in what you create. Your, your prejudices are reflected in what you create when you go to create something. Um, I think that's something that is really strong in, in skating. Where instead of being like, No, dude, you make role-playing look so bad. These people do it right. Instead of maybe saying, like, these people don't make something. Make something that says that create something that says this is what I think or this is what skating is to me this is why I like attaching wheels to my feet uh, this is what I want to share like this is something that I think is interesting about rollerblading prejudices towards like other ways of skating is brilliant because it fuels so many mini visions and, and uh, the more of that the better in my opinion um Distractions. Oh, fuck. Rollerblading is like one of the worst distractions. So there's a lot in there. There's a lot of frustration and, uh, and joy in rollerblading. It's very polarizing. There's a lot of polarity in rollerblading being such a distraction. And that definitely comes through in creations. I think as you get older that reveals itself more in uh, kind of like dark dark ways which is an incredible fuel for creativity and fears. What can I say about fear? Well it's pretty much everything. Um, there's always fear of uh, not doing what you actually want to be doing. And then that pretty much, fear pretty much fuels everything. Pretty much, it fuels everything. <laughs>
It's me throwing my pen. See, so what's a fear today? Okay, so my fear today is that I'm not gonna have enough time to um, do everything I wanted to do because I have to do some other things. But that fear, thinking about the fear is actually crippling me from finishing all of the things that I need to finish. And so creating stuff is all about the triumphant slaying of the dragon of fear. Every time you make something, you're, you're getting over that fear of making something. The more you can create, it's like the less fearful you get and the more you learn about yourself. Dun, 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 dun. Sounds lame, it's true. So all these things that I just said, these are at the heart. I'm taking, I'm stealing this from a book that I'm reading, but I'm re regurgitating it as skating. So these 10 items are at the heart of what you create. The things that I just said, your body, your ambition, your ideas, your passions, your needs, your memories, your goals, your prejudices, your distractions, and most importantly, your fear. These 10 items are at the heart of who you are and what you want to create. Whatever you're going to create will be a reflection of those how those things have shaped your life and how you've learned to channel your experiences into them. Hopefully that made sense. So, I, blah, 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 blah. I stink so bad right now. I'm in desperate need of a shower. I did the thing where I like, I wasn't going out anywhere really, so, except Tim Hortons, but you could probably get away with having B.O. in Tim Hortons. At least I could in my own world. Um, I didn't want to put on deodorant because if you put on deodorant before you go in the shower, it doesn't, feels like you can't get your armpits as clean because there's like the layer of wax over top of your armpit. Anyway, I'm gonna leave you with a quote about why I enjoy skating. And it's not my quote. Maybe one day you'll find out who this quote is from. Either way, it doesn't fucking matter. So this resonated with me in terms of going out and filming stuff. No, 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 no. Scratch filming stuff. Scratch filming stuff. This is the need to skate. This is why I went skating for eight kilometers. <laughs> it sounds like I'm trying to be an accomplishment, achievement monger. Um, this is why I have to put my skates on. Here's the quote. It's like going to church. We rarely question why we go to the church and we don't expect concrete answers when we do. We just know it feeds our spirit somehow and so we do it.